0: SAFM Sports Wrap.
1: Welcome to SFM Sports Wrap. John Kerry again for Brad Brown on this Monday evening. A slow sporting weekend. We've got some Wimbledon, obviously. Chris Bowles is watching that action. We've also got some football news. Let's run through the headlines. First of all, we start with football news. Eric Tinkler has taken charge of Cape Town City for the first time today. Tinkler says he's really happy to be in Cape Town and proud to be involved with the city and was pleasantly surprised by the warm weather.
0: It's pretty similar to the weather I've just experienced in Portugal <laughs> you know it feels like summer again came this morning obviously with a big jacket and, and halfway through the session I had to take it off but obviously very very happy to be here in Cape Town you know um, very very happy to be at this club you know it's a new project uh, a big dream that John's John has and and proud to be a part of it and try and make a, a massive success of it.
1: We'll be hearing more from Tinkler later on in the program. Into English football, where Premier League champions Leicester City have agreed a deal with CSKA Moscow to sign Nigeria forward Ahmed Musa. The 23-year-old joined CSKA in 2012, scored 54 goals. It's so understood that the deal uh, is the highest by the Foxes. It's a club record fee and he's turned down Southampton, Everton and West Ham to play for Leicester. And Fernando Torres will continue at Atletico Madrid for another year as they extended his contract at the club. Christian Schweinsteiger is a for Germany's Euro 2016 semi-final against France on Thursday. He's got that knee injury. He picked that up when he was playing against Italy earlier on this weekend. And Vincent Del Bosque has confirmed that he's stepping down as Spain's coach following its failed attempt to retain its European Championship crown. Very successful with Spain. He guided Spain to the 2010 World Cup final, or the title there, the 2012 European Championship, and in a successful defence of its continental title that they won back in 2008. Meanwhile, the EU Competition Commission says that certain top football clubs in Spain must return millions of dollars of taxpayers' cash because they breached European rules in state aid. More from the BBC's Kevin Lee. Three separate EU investigations found that the seven Spanish football teams received state aid or assistance which gave them unfair competitive advantage. Real Madrid and Barcelona, two of the world's richest football teams, were among four clubs found to have been offered lower tax rates than other teams and will now repay up to 5 million euros in unpaid taxes. Real Madrid has also been ordered to repay 18 million euros after selling their training ground to Madrid City Council Stormers lose forward Nizam Khan will fly home to Cape Town from Perth due to a shoulder injury that he picked up a win against the Rebels in Melbourne. He left the park in the 36th minute and will see a specialist in Cape Town after further assessment by the medical team at Newlands. There will be no replacement flown out to Perth. The Stormers head coach Robbie Fleck is happy with the cover he has at his disposal. Some athletics news is American sprinter Justin Gatlin has run the fastest 100 metre time of the year as the US Olympic trials for Rio continue. The 2012 bronze medalist finished in 9.80 seconds he beat 20 year old Trayvon Brommel who's qualified for his first Olympics world champion Alison Felix also set the world's fastest time in the women's 400 metres 30 year old won the 200 metre gold in London she finished the 400 in a time of 49.68 seconds and a huge result for Mark Cavendish today at today's Le Tour stage the Tour de France he's won his 28th stage overall at a Tour de France that's uh, second now to to Eno for the most Latour stage wins of all time. He also pulls on officially now the uh, the leaders the points leaders jersey. He'll be wearing the green jersey tomorrow at another long stage of the Tour de France.
0: SAFM Sports Wrap. Let's
1: go to Wimbledon now. I saw there was some rain a little bit. Roger Federer was on court. Serena Williams also in action today. Some big names as usual as we get to the the sharp edge. Chris Bowers joins us on the line. Chris, was there another rain interruption today?
2: Yes, there were a couple of little ones, nothing major. But it's uh, on glass; it's you know, a small shower, very light showers, enough to do the major disruption to the schedule. Um, what was interesting was that Serena Williams was five games all in the first set against Pavlina Kuznetsova. When they came off, they closed the roof. Serena came back, won eight games on the run to win seven-five-six last. There were two very, very different uh, uh, stages of that match, a uh, totally different Kuznetsova that came back after the break. So yes. Lorraine has played a part, but uh, Roger Federer has been unaffected by it. He's through. We've got six of the eight women's matches through, and we've got uh, three of the eight match, uh, men's matches completed. So, so a lot of tennis to be played, and uh, uh, at least one of those uh, men's matches has gone to five sets.
1: One of them was quite short, though. King, King Ishikori having to pull out from an injury.
2: Well yeah, that was a, a shame. I mean, Ishikori is always really uh, struggling, because he's one of the short players on the tour. He has to work so hard... Uh, to, um, to keep his fitness level, that he's always got some sort of injury. He picked up a rib injury before Wimbledon. He's been playing with it in the hope that it might get better, but he gave up 6-1-5-1 down to Marion Chilich, and Chilich is now Roger Federer's quarter-final opponent, which will not be easy
1: for Mr. Federer. Andy Murray is on court later, is that right?
2: Well, he's just started now, They're in the first set. um Murray against Nick Kirios. Kirios actually, uh, prepared for that match by watching Leighton Hewitt, his, uh, David's Cup captain and Jordan Thompson play a a men's doubles match. They ended up losing that match. But uh, a sign, perhaps, of how much uh, Leighton Hewitt is inspiring loyalty among the uh, new generation of Australians, that uh, Kyrgios, just before his match against uh, Andy Murray, was happy to sit and watch a bit of his match.
1: We haven't spoken, or at least you and I haven't spoken this weekend, about strawberries and cream. Is that still a thing, strawberries, cream and champagne?
2: Well, not only is it the thing, it actually printed on all tickets for this year's Wimbledon. Um, it's obviously very much part of the brand. I was doing a crossword last week, and the clue was uh, Wimbledon's favourite, question mark, and I said, What? what's what? Wimbledon's favourite? I think the names of players, and of course suddenly realise it's strawberries and cream. So yes, it is very much part of it. Um, I mean, the tickets are all printed well in advance, and in fact today, uh, this is an interesting one for you, uh, not only do the tickets have strawberries and cream, but they have day seven printed on them. Now today is the eighth day, because we played yesterday, <laughs> But uh, it's one of those uh, things where you can have a quiz question. Where was the eighth day called Day Seven? And the answer is Wimbledon because they weren't expecting to play yesterday.
1: And like Do you know how much it costs for a strawberries and cream portion? Oh yeah, it's not that, it's not that expensive. It's uh, about two
2: pounds fifty for a punnet where you get about eight to ten strawberries. Uh, I think it's not that expensive. I mean, what's that? About sixteen rand, seventeen rand, um, yeah, maybe a bit more than that.
1: that is, uh, yeah, that is. it's just. A, Forty, not, forty
2: round. Not over, over the Yeah, forty round. Not, I mean,
3: not by bad.
2: the standards of. By the standards of a branded, uh, stereotypical product at a major international sporting event, you've seen worse.
1: I was just thinking how much we paid for the beers in the 2010 World Cup, and you do that comparison. That was six years ago as
2: well. Absolutely. And, I mean, you know, these are rip-off prices if you compare it in normal circumstances. But but the 2010 uh, World Cup was not normal, and Wimbledon is not normal. And, uh, you know, based on that... They, you could expect them to charge more
1: Let's let's go back to the tennis So what's, what's the the men's final Are we looking at here Is it a Murray Federer final maybe
2: That's the obvious one at the moment But I mean the draw is not straightforward Federer will struggle against Chilich If he wins that one He could have uh, Goffin or Raonic In the semi-finals Or Sam Quarry Goffin and Raonic are in a fifth set at the moment Murray yes I mean he's got a tough match now Against Kiros If he wins that He plays either Gasquet or Songer In the quarter-finals Still in his half of the draw, Birdie who's you know playing well at the moment, Ben Tomic, and so you know it's a likely final at the moment, but it's by no means clear-cut.
1: Chris Ballas, thanks very much for joining us on Sports Rep, live from London.
0: This is Sport on SASM, every supporter's greatest resource.
1: Here they say, SAFM, it's Sports Wrap. John Kerry came for Brad Brown today. Let's chat about this amount of money that Sascock was given. Uh, when was it? Late last week. 70 million rand that's been given to them by the lottery, which is great news for athletes, if you believe Saskok. And it's going to be spread uh, not just for these, uh, for the Olympic Games, but also for games that are going to be happening later on. And it's going to be spread not just for the athletes, but also for prize money. It goes into the money that Telcom has given as well that's going to be split up as well. So it's great news for athletics. Or is it? Let's find out. Up for a couple of people involved let's start with matt quinn former athlete himself matt thanks very much for joining us i, I guess as an athlete and you suddenly see 70 million bucks gained to sascock they
3: must be smiling <laughs> well it's definitely going to help our preparation and get us to the olympics so that's one box ticked. The,
1: the the worry was that it was all too little or too much too late maybe and it, it didn't give the athletes enough time to prepare
3: Look, I mean, that's always going to be an argument, and the problem with it is that we were hoping, or I think SaskCock were hoping corporate South Africa would jump on board and and come to the party, but we've had to rely on the National Lottery Committee again. They've been a great sort of partner of Saskok over the years. Mm -hmm. It's not the first time they've had to, I don't like to use the word bail out, but it's not the first time they've sponsored the Olympic team. And, you know, for the athletes preparing... This is, this is great news, but for them, they, they would have prepared anyway. It's not like you're going, no, I'm not going to prepare today because I don't. They're going to prepare for these Rio games. And for them, if they get any money back, it's going to be an absolute bonus from a preparation point of view or an OPEC's point of view. That's great. Then the guys are going to be totally happy. I mean, back in 2000, I think the guys were given checks, uh, I'm thinking May, June as well. That's at sort a of time where well, there's your money to go and prepare. The guys were preparing anyway. It was just a nice little bonus check that the guys got before we went to Sydney Olympic so it's pretty much along the same lines. So, this is the money that's going to get the team there, going to help them perform. The athletes are ready and ready to go. I mean, what have we got? A couple of like 30 odd days to get mm. you rear? Um, so yeah, we're ready, teams ready to go, I suppose There were
1: stories uh, going around the media And Saskoc questioned quite strongly today That the athletes would have to pay their own way And then they'd get reimbursed later Sascock today saying that's not going to happen They will indeed get paid and, have, and if they go on a flight together Then they will get paid Otherwise they'll get paid X amount of money For flying to Rio Is that the standard?
3: As well, yeah, I mean, that's was the standard. I mean, there's always that one flight that leaves for the Olympic Games, so that leaves from South Africa. We have, uh, the team normally has a send-off, uh, dinner, all that sort of thing, and then you jump on the plane and off you go. And I think that's, as I read the reports as much as what you've read, and I understand that that's the guys that are, they're going to get uh, paid for and everything's done. If you're flying separately, which I know there's a lot of the guys racing or training in Europe at the moment, um, if you are flying separately without the team, we call it call it the team send-off. If you're not flying part of that, then SASCOC will provide the federation 12,000 rand. The federation, so if I'm talking from an athletics point of view, ASA will then have to contribute um, the remainder. But what ASA have sent out and said, they've sent an email out going, guys, We've only got 12,000 rand. If your flight's more than that, bad luck. There's 12,000 rand towards your ticket.
1: A flight to Rio costs more than 12,000 rand, though, Matt?
3: No, definitely. I mean, I know some of the guys flying out of Italy, they've booked tickets at 3,000 euros a pop. (laughs) So it's quiet. It's not the the nicest thing at the moment. But, you know, that's that's been a policy for a while. Is it Saskatch's fault? Is it ASA's fault? You know, everyone's going to push blame. But I think ultimately, at the end of the day, the policy's always been... So if you fly with a team, there's no cost, obviously, because that's one big charter flight that goes out. If you come in and individually, I mean, when they went to London Olympics, they had 10,000 randers bone all thing. I think flying to Rio and flying to London is slightly different. There are stories,
1: and it depends on who you believe on Twitter, that a lot of this money is going to go to administrators to go to the Olympic Games. And there's stories there are more administrators than actual athletes that are going to be going to Rio. What do you think of that?
3: Look, you need a full administration team. You know, I know when we went to to Olympics in Sydney, we had a full medical team. You get you get managers, doctors, and it's across the board, across every federation or every sporting code. Call it that way. I don't know the exact final breakdown. It will be interesting to see. There's always that debate that we always take more administrators than uh, athletes. Mm -hmm. But I think this year we've got a lot. I mean, just from track and field, we're talking about 41. 41, 42 athletes that have qualified. Final team should be around that. You're going to take medical. You'll have physios, and you 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 can't have one physio for 40 athletes. So again, that those sort of things will add up over the basis. So you've you've got all these sporting codes. So it will be interesting to see the final numbers, the final team list when they go. You know, as as far as what management is and who who they are and what their roles will be. But you know what, as athletes, we just you forget about all that stuff and you're just there for one, one reason and one reason after, mm. So,
1: okay uh, what is the, the, the goal is 10 medals Matt and you, when you look the team hasn't been announced finally yet but when you look at the names out there you think we were talking about it yesterday on Sports Special it seems like it's that's quite easily quite gettable
3: no I mean when you look at what the talent is there I mean the potential that we've got across all the codes I mean they, they, we should hit that, that mark but again to go and predict that we're going to get 10 medals is difficult. It's nice to do it on paper, <laughs> but the reality is everyone comes out and they they all want that medal. So, you know, it's, it's, an, it's a special year. And, uh, again, just from a track and field point of view, the guys come out and, they, you know, we, we expect people to get medals, but there'll be always someone that will pop up. And in that final, pip someone. And suddenly from, from being a bronze medal, we're getting, we're getting fourth. So suddenly that, you know, it's, it's always difficult at Olympics. To call a medal is very difficult. I think we've got maybe three or four guys that we can say definitely will get medals. Um, The rest of the guys, it's it's going to be tough work out there. Olympics is not just an easy thing to get a medal. Matt Quinn, thanks for joining us on Sports Wrap. Brilliant. Thanks, John. Enjoy. Have a good one.
0: You're listening to Sport on SAFM. The next best thing to being at the game.
1: So, SFM Sports Wrap, we heard earlier from Matthew Quinn, one of the athletes that has taken part in the Olympic Games. Let's hear from a journalist who's covered them quite extensively. Manfred Seidler joins us on the line. Manfred, uh, we're talking about this massive cash injection into Saskatchewan. It all seems like great news. Are you being the cynic about this, or are you being positive about it? Yeah, I I
4: heard your conversation with Matthew, and and the question being is it a little bit too late? I do think it's a little bit not necessarily too late. It would have been much nicer to have this cash injection a lot earlier mm. because, you know, it, it does assist the athletes in their preparation. And we, we're in the final fine-tuning element of, of, of their preparation, which is the most critical element. So, so yes, the cash can be really, really handy. I do think that a number of other athletes that could have benefited um, from that cash injection way earlier. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a double-edged sword. It, it's You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Uh, the fact that Sasco have been given this injection for both Telkom and the national lottery borders, without it, we wouldn't be sending a team to the Olympics, and mm. that's the bottom line.
1: It, it seems like a lot of money, 70 million rand for the, the, the athletes that are going, it, or is that what is needed? Is that, is that what we are lacking every single day, year in and year out?
4: It's expensive to prepare for an Olympic Games. I mean, you know, we, we've got this program called Operation Excellence, which mm. also will, will take 15 bar out of the 70. what's well, now 78 with with Telecom putting 8 bar into mm. it. So this quarter, it 80 million. So 15 of that goes straight into Operation Excellence, and that just goes uh, predominantly to your top tier athletes, to your to your actual medal contender. So you've got, you got you break it down into. Um, your medal, medalists, your medal contenders, and you, they get, uh, they get cash, they get uh, flight reimbursed, medicals taken care of, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you've got your different tier where at the bottom, potentially, only medical is taken care of. Um, you know, and you have that around the world on these programs. It's not unique to South Africa, UK, so they, uh, UK sport do the exact same thing. The Aussies have been doing it for years. So this is not unique to South Africa at all. And somewhere along the line, you actually need to sit around and say, okay, we can't just throw money at athletes.
2: Yeah. Um,
4: and there is a point where federations actually also need to come to the party. Uh, you know, the Olympics come around once every four years. Athletics happens every year. You know, you get a world championship every second year. You've got a Commonwealth Games every fourth year as well. And athletics needs to prepare for that. Uh, swimming needs to prepare for that. The cycling needs to prepare for that. Um, you know, and federations also need to come to the party. So I think to expect that... Uh, um, by federations that that SAS caucus is basically going to keep on handing out, I think, is a, is a tall order,
1: to be honest. The, the incentive for medals, I think it's 200,000 rand for a gold medal that's been touted around. That, it sounds great. We might not get that many gold medals. If Will that all go back into the kitty, I guess, then and get spread around later on?
4: Well, in in London, it was four hundred thousand rand for gold, two fifty for silver, and eighty four a bronze, if I remember correctly. Um, the last time I spoke to to uh, Toby Reddy, um, CEO of Saskop, is mm. that they are still working out a formula with regards to to how the money will be the incentive money will be split because it's supposed to be split equally between the Olympics and the Paralympics. Um and he says some some genius mathematician will figure it out. <laughs> I, <laughs> I went sixth in good luck' because I wouldn't want to be the one figuring that out um a two hundred thousand rand I haven't heard that figure, but they they uh, from what I understand, it will be announced on the fourteenth of July when the final teams sort of announced so yeah, um, I think the incentives are great it, it, it's phenomenal. Um and you know, it just shows it shows the athletes that, you know, South Africa does appreciate them and and there's there's huge reward. That said, when Wade Fanica comes back with the Olympic gold medal, when he lines up in twenty seventeen in the diamond league I can promise you that Let's say it's four hundred thousand rand. Mm. Is is not even a drop in the ocean, wow. you know, for 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 his appearance fee and then the prize money, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that so,
1: that that's kind of what I was alluding to in the question. Is it's all very well giving gold medalists and and silver and bronze money. If you spread it out more, and because, like you say, as Olympic gold medalist, silver or bronze medalist, you earn a lot of money in appearance fees. Does it not make right. sense to spread it out more then?
4: Look, it's a tricky situation. I guess. I mean. The, the, Let's let's stick with the twenty twelve uh, scenario of, of four hundred thousand rand for gold. Four hundred thousand rand is better than nothing. Um, to, to, to be blunt, it's better than a poke in the eye. Yeah.
5: Um,
4: it you know spreading it up. You know that's what uh, incentives is there for medals. Um, there, there is, I mean, there is a, a portion of that eighty odd million or seventy eight million rand that is allocated to the preparation, um, and then it's up to the athletes to prepare. Um, you know. It's, we had this huge debate back in 2008 when Kozma Krenna was the only medalist, and he came back with the silver uh, silver medal in the long jump, and he was given the entire kitty of 500,000 rand. Um, and and to be fair, his silver medal jump was in in world terms actually pretty poor. Um, the standard of long jumping had been really bad, and and a lot of people were going. Why are we, why are we rewarding mediocrity? Mm. So if you, if you're not going to turn around, and, and it's a pretty harsh statement, but if you're going to turn around and and spread the spread the cash, spread the love, if you would, um, why are, are we incentivizing assets to perform at their best? So, so that this debate will will rage on and on and on. Um, and, and it's the reality. I you know I think. To me, you send the best team to the Olympics. There is no such thing as sending development athletes, developmental athletes to, to the Olympics. Right. That's what world championships and that's what Africa championships and that's what common games are for. The best of the best of the best go to the Olympic Games. That's my opinion and I have been slated for more than one occasion. But I'll fix it. Because I think that's the pinnacle of, of the sport as we know it.
1: So all in all, right, let's wrap it up, Manfred. Seventy hmm. what oh, what are you saying? Seventy eight million is a lot of money. Good thing or a bad thing?
4: It's a good thing. I would, I would like to see though that the National Lottery Board or, or SASCOC, if you would, that they're able to secure this money earlier. Um, we need a, we need an eight year cycle, not just a four year cycle for preparation. And, and you know, if you know you've got this money in the bank for the next eight years um, or a, a huge portion, you know, it's a lot easier to prepare. And I, but that said, you know, the federations, individual federations, need to come to the party too and, and sort their houses out. It, it's not fair to expect. Saskop to, to carry the entire burden
1: Manfred Seidler, thanks for joining us on Sports Wrap
0: Absolute pleasure SAFM Sports Wrap
1: You're at SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, it's Sports Wrap here on SAFM, John Kerrick in for Brad Brown Let's chat hockey now with Russi Petersay, he's the director of TK Hockey, the SA student games are happening now, one of the big sports there is hockey, Russi, good chatting to you, thanks for joining us Thanks for having me. We've been uh, building up towards this for quite a while now. Who's your, who's your favourite to go and take the title?
5: Well, it's, there, there's so many favourites here, to be honest. Uh, I am a UJ alumni, so I must say my heart <laughs> is going towards the orange. Unfortunately, I'm standing right next to the field now. They're playing in varsity college, and unfortunately they're 4-1 down in the third game. So I think it's that the typical first game nerves that's kicking in. But there's still a long week to play. Uh, it's all happening at Vitz, is that right? It's all happening at Wits University, yes. at the, I think it's the medical campus or close to the medical campus. I'm not sure what this campus is called, but it's at Wits University. What's the support like so far? I mean, you can just hear in the background, it's quite a nice atmosphere. I mean, this is the, you know, after your varsity sports, this is the old, you know, you can say varsity mm. hockey tournament. It's over a week. Uh, you've got all the universities around the country. You've got eight teams in the A section and another eight teams in the B section. Uh, so it's quite festive around the field. You can see there's a lot of pride. Going on around the field, uh, friends, and family, uh, students supporting their teams. So it's actually a very, very nice atmosphere.
1: The, the guys must be tired. It's been quite a long season already with varsity hockey starting so early. Are the bodies doing okay out there?
5: I think, yeah. I think, I mean, these guys are young, they're fit. Uh, a lot of these varsities are taking their sports quite seriously So a lot of these boys are, and girls are semi-professional So I think they manage their bodies quite well They've also got a lot of sports scientists, good coaches looking after them So I think, yes, yeah, like I say, it's a semi-professional sport these days if you look at universities mm.
1: And uh, the rest of the, the opposition, you mentioned there are a few favourites Obviously Vitz home crowd is going to help and uh, UJ looking good, who else is up there?
5: I think, I think on the ladies section, you know, you've got the UJ girls that's quite strong. You've got Marty's that's very, very strong. And then, of course, you've got the tickies ladies, that's very strong. Tick's, uh, beat, uh, Kofis this morning. Uh, on the men's side, you know, you've got, uh, the Varsity, Varsity Cup champions, is obviously UJ. Uh, they obviously the favourite, but they just lost now against Varsity College. Like I told you, the game has just ended 4-1. Right. Uh, so I think, I think if anybody's taking, but I would say in the men's section, it will be between Tick's, Varsity College, and, uh, and UJ. Uh, on the ladies' side, I'll definitely say Touchy, UJ and Martis.
1: Let's talk about how hockey has changed over the last few years. It's getting more TV time. It seems to be getting more recognition as a national sport now. Would you agree?
5: Yes, I mean, I mean, the profile of hockey is definitely picking up. Uh, you know, we had all the drama with hockey not going to the Olympics this year. I think uh, there has been quite, quite, quite a sad story towards that. But I think everybody has taken it in their stride, and there's a new kind of phase going into South African hockey that's quite. Uh, Uh, Quite exciting You can put it that way Uh, The government Is putting in A a national hockey league At the end of the year Uh, Of course We've got varsity sport that's been so strong And then of course The varsity hockey Still being so So prominent Uh, So yes I think it's exciting times For for South African hockey Going uh, into the future
1: It's almost like A blessing in disguise Not going to the Olympic Games Because it made Everybody realise That there's an Olympics team That could have gone
5: I wouldn't say blessing in the sky, personally, <laughs> but, but uh, I think, yes, I think hockey definitely deserves more. I mean, hockey is one of our biggest sports, one of our biggest sports in the country. I mean, we've got almost 200,000 hockey players in sure. South Africa. You take the Germans, they've got 60,000 hockey players in the sure. country, they're Olympic champions. Mm-hmm. So it just shows you what we can do if we just uh, work smartly in our country with our sport.
1: Thank you very much for joining us, Rusty Peterson. Go and have a, some of the sponsors brew. Thank you very much. Cheers.
0: Thanks, Tony. SAFM Sports Wrap
1: chat football a little bit now and Eric Tinkler's in Cape Town he's taking over as the new coach of Cape Town City, they had their first training camp this morning, the former Orlando Pirates coach says it was an easy decision to join the club, uh, along with the prospects of helping build something at Cape Town City excites him he says that he's done a similar role at Fitz, where he helped set up the youth department, and he's looking forward to the challenge
0: because I think you know it's something I, I've always enjoyed challenges in my life, and uh, and you know, when I was at WITS, you know, one of the things that was asked by me at the time was whether you know I could help them in terms of starting building the club because at the time, mm. you know, the, the senior team we were training at Marks Park and Mill Park and then Stour Park, so we never really really had a home. And and basically, we we created that, and then the academy itself, I created that. And, and that became quite successful and, and it was something that I, I really enjoyed, you know, and, and it was a massive challenge to get it to where we did, um, you know, and, and I saw this again as something that I, I can and try and uh, provide my, my part towards uh, building this, this this massive project that, that John has, has envisioned for, for Cape Town.
1: Well, Tinkler is excited to work with his young technical department, made up of assistant Ian Taylor, goalkeeper coach Calvin Marlin, and young Dutch sports scientist Guido Sierden.
0: Yeah, exactly. Guido is obviously he's coming from a Dutch footballing background. He's he's worked with the KNVB. Uh, he's like you said, he's young, he's enthusiastic, and and that's what you want. You know, that's what you want. That's it's obviously going to be up to me to make sure that the players understand. Just because he's young doesn't mean that he's he doesn't have knowledge. He obviously has a lot of knowledge that he's that he's learned from obviously the KNVB, and and they need to follow his his instruction, because ultimately that instruction is coming from me. You know, so obviously you have that. And then Ian, I've known Ian for many many years while while he was still coaching at Ajax, and he's a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, loves the game, passionate about the game. He's always looking to improve himself as a coach, and and that's that's good for him, you know, and, and good for the team as well. And then Calvin's also he's been now goalkeeper coach for for a couple of years now uh, at Aces, and obviously the goalkeepers that we have will look up to him because he had a fantastic career, yeah. and you know, and he'll only grow stronger and better uh, as a goalkeeper coach. With, with these you know maturity that he that he already shows this is sport on SAFM every supporters greatest resource
1: that's the sports for today. Welcome to Mark Cavendish winning 14 Dimension Data at today's stage of the Tour de France. Big stage tomorrow. I think it's 287 kilometers or something. They've got some tough ones at the beginning and then they start hitting the mountains in a couple of days. Uh, my name's John Carricker. Thanks very, very much for joining us here on Sports Wrap The show is produced by Siobhan Chetty. Uh Brad is back again tomorrow from Cape Town. You're in Joburg. Siobhan's in Joburg tomorrow uh, and Brad's in Cape Town. It's, somebody's got to do it, I guess. I think he was out running today. It's- he was, he's back on his running shoes. He was putting it up on his Facebook and his Twitter. So do follow him. Uh, remember you can follow us at SAFM Radio. All the tweets and updates happen there. From me, John Kerrick, it's news now at seven o'clock.